Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there, true crime fans. And a warning, if you come looking for the Disney podcast, you are in the wrong place. <laughs> this is the polar opposite of that podcast. In fact, we have the serial killer whisperer with us, Amanda Howard. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Robert. And considering what I think of Disney, I think that's a pretty apt opening. <laughs> Although, weirdly, your sister loves Disney and is oh, the, yeah. one of the biggest Disney fans. So you have you, who loves true crime, murder, all that kind of stuff, and your sister, who lives in the world of Disney, has been to Disneyland, collects all the Mickey Mouse <laughs> paraphernalia. You collect dead bodies. Not, not, not literally dead bodies, um, people um but you collect all this true crime memorabilia she collects disney it's uh hilarious yeah that's what makes the world go around that's for sure indeed a very interesting case we've got happening today yeah we do and actually we're going away from serial killers for a change and we're actually going to someone who's not a killer at all so we're doing a brian david mitchell and he was the man who kidnapped elizabeth smart so this is a very different type of interrogation it is, but it's fascinating. So, yes, mm-hmm. while it isn't a serial killer case, the way the police investigators handle the interview, it's it's just fascinating the twists and yeah. turns it takes. So I can't wait to cover that a little bit later in our psychological profile. In the meantime, let's get to the news. And DNA technology has helped investigators uncover the identity of a victim of the Long Island killer. CBS News says the DNA came from skeletal remains of a woman who was murdered along with 10 to 16 others over nearly 20 years. More details are said to be released on a dedicated website soon. Amanda, the Long Island killer has never been found, has he? No, well, not yet, but it is all of this um, advancing to DNA that's actually going to capture him, I think, in in the end. Now, there is uh, a couple of schools of thought on this. There is some people who who believe that this could be more than one killer, and there's some that say, no, it's definitely one killer, purely because it's all happening in the one area. But there is sometimes that we've seen, um, like Herbert Mullen and Ed Kemper were killing at the same time at the same place. So it can happen, but um, it's, it's going to be, I think, very soon that we're actually going to have an identity to this killer. Now, these cases are often called uh, the Gilroy Beach Killer and a couple of other names for it. But this is a case that, as you said, has been going for 20 years and they're getting closer because every so often now um, a piece of evidence is being released, like a, a belt a couple of months ago that had either WH or HM on it that um, they're hoping that someone can identify. And I find it interesting that they've got this dedicated website coming. 
Yeah, and this is a fantastic tool that they've used a few times before with cases like um, Rodney Alcala and Israel Keys that they create these websites that and they put all the evidence that they can out on it, um, things like jewellery and underwear and clothing and things like that, and they hope that someone will see it knowing that they know someone who hasn't been found and it might be able to help that person identify one of these victims that then could be the last link that they have to find the killer. So it's interesting that this is a, a new form of investigation, but I think it's it's proving uh, fruitful in many cases. Mm. Well, Slovak police say they have arrested a likely serial killer. The announcement on Facebook came after the arrest of Miroslav Lahovsky. During police interviews over child abuse, police say Lahovsky admitted to several other murders. The already closed investigation revealed that he strangled his first partner to death and burned her body in 2010. He then killed the mother of his one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Later, he strangled his last girlfriend's ex-partner. Amanda, if Lahovsky is confirmed uh, to be a serial killer, this would be a rare event in Slovakia, wouldn't it? Well, not so much. I mean, if, if oh, people that's actually what the media know... <laughs> reports are saying. <laughs> of course, they are. Like they said recently, that they had the first ever serial killer that uses a car to kill. <laughs> when we have had one here in Australia fifty years ago. Yes. Um, it it is less likely to be known about killers from uh, the the Slavic region, but there has been several over the last couple of years and and in the last couple of decades. So it's it's not. Um, a rare event, but it's not as as prolific as, say, a US killer. So, um, but it, uh, Lahotsky looks like that we have a new one to add to the database. Interesting. All right, now to a story sent in to us by listener Mel. A Greek serial rapist who had been released early is in jail after a two-week manhunt. Dimitri Aspitos had been ordered to serve 53 years jail for the rape of three female tourists, but was let out after just six years. The manhunt began after a woman claimed she was abducted, then he kept her prisoner in a forest and repeatedly raped her over two days before she was able to escape. Aspistios is undergoing surgery for severe back and leg injuries he suffered after falling off a seaside cliff while trying to evade arrest. Amanda, this guy was let out after just six years into a 53-year sentence. I mean, it sort of makes a joke of, of of the Greek legal system. If someone has done such severe crimes like this guy had, he was a serial rapist and he's sent to prison for basically the term of his natural life. Um, though, if I remember correctly in Greece, though, that they can um, give a 53-year sentence, they only have to serve 20 years because that's a maximum life term. But he has been released after only six years regardless and he went straight out and, and commenced doing the same thing. So it makes you wonder why he was let out. Now, the reason that they said he was let out was because the the jails were getting crowded. But really, surely there was 100 people that were less likely to re-offend than he was that they could have been let out instead. So it, it's concerning that he did this. And the reason that he has these injuries is that he actually jumped off a massive cliff when the police closed in. And he's lucky he's not dead um, because... Oh, he... I think this is a great result. <laughs> this is fabulous. Good. Because if he yeah. was dead, it would be all over. Now yeah. he's there suffering in so much pain and I love it. I'm so grateful that this despicable human being is actually suffering after all the atrocities he's committed on other people. Exactly. And as we see, as soon as he was let out, he, he started up again. So, exactly. you know, there is no way for rehab for a man like this. Mm. 
Well, a dead serial killer has turned up at a football match in Sydney, Australia. Harold Shipman, who may have killed over 250 people, was seen in the crowd of an NRL match recently. Fans of the game have been invited to upload photos to be printed out and placed on seats at stadiums left empty due to COVID-19 restrictions. A true crime fan's little joke was picked up when a camera broadcasting the game stopped on that section of the crowd. Amanda, true crime fans, they really have a great dark sense of (laughs) humour. And I hope whoever did this is listening and they can call in and let us know that it was them because this is fantastic. I mean, there, there is the, you know, this is a horrible person and everything and we're joking about it. But this is like, this is really dark humour, as you said. And and I wish I'd known about it because I would have made a whole family, you know. I would have just gone for a $22 a person. I would have done it. I, I think it's it's better to see that. And there was lots of pets and everything as well. They, they were all, all on human-shaped cutouts. It was pets and there was, you know, dogs and all this sort of stuff. But the fact that Harold Shipman was there and the thing that would have got him through is that he looks like someone's dad. He oh, doesn't just looks like look a grandpa. Like. Yeah, and, and that's why, what we say a lot on this show, that serial killers are us and, and they look like us and they act like us. And so if someone say, oh, you know, oh, isn't that nice? They've 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 sent in their dad. Um, but, yes, it's unfortunate with all these cutouts <laughs> in the crowd, that's the one they honed in on. Hilarious. All right. In a moment, we are going to do our psychological profile on Brian David Mitchell. In the meantime, don't forget, Patreon is available at patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. And if you don't want to do Patreon but want to show your support for the podcast, in the show notes, you can just send in a donation to keep us going. And we appreciate all of the support we get here at Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. We'll be right back. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ben, Robin, Media executive Rob McKnight. Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris. This is something bold and informative with a side of humour. And journalist David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different. The Ben Robin Robbo Show starts April 20. Go to tvblackbox.com.au slash BRR for more information. It's the Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo, Ben Robin Robbo Show. This week's psychological profile is not of a serial killer. In fact, he's not a killer at all, but he is still a psychopath. Amanda, we're looking at the police interrogation of Brian David Mitchell, the religious fanatic who abducted 14-year-old Elizabeth Smart from her home in Salt Lake City and kept her as a sexual slave for nine months before she was rescued on March 12, 2003. Now, you have warned me about this one. Not only will we hear about sexual abuse of a child, but this interrogation is like nothing we've ever seen before. Brian David Mitchell was arrested on March 12, 2003. This interview takes place that very same day. 
As always, we describe the room and the offender's appearance and demeanour. Amanda, let us know what we're seeing here. Okay, well, we're looking at a pretty typical interview room that we've seen many times before. However, this one actually has windows, and unlike the um, TV shows that we see that they're, you know, all all glossy and you can't see behind them and everything, these actually have blinds on them and they are closed. So there's no sort of people standing outside watching this um, go on. Now, um, Brian David Mitchell is actually sitting in the room when the police officers arrive he is looking really dirty he's got really straggly long beard he, he has his hair and a ponytail uh, he's wearing um just normal street clothes so he has a long sleeve shirt on and a and a pair of trousers and he's got a short sleeve shirt on over the top um he looks a bit like a very tall and skinny charles manson so you can mm. sort of get the get the thing of, of what he looks like if you haven't seen him um when the police walk in mitchell is actually handcuffed with his hands behind his back which we haven't actually seen before um and they actually take them off um before they start in- interviewing now what one of the officers paul guy um he couldn't actually get the ha- handcuffs off and he actually gets quite frustrated because they weren't his and so they were a bit sticky um but they do that and and they sit down to start talking um but the room is actually um Mitchell is sitting in like a quite ex- executive office chair for, for those that know different types of chairs and there is four other office chairs that are sitting around the table now um, Mitchell is sitting in the far right hand corner of the screen and that's where he will stay but the officers will not let's have a listen to how it all starts I assume you want these handcuffs on. That would be nice. I'd like to use the restroom if I may. I also would like a glass of drink of water. I'm quite thirsty. If that's possible. Anything is possible. This is Jeff Ross. He's with the FBI. I know. Detective Parks. seems quite at ease really he's polite asking to use the men's room they take him out when they return his hair is out amanda there's really nothing out of the ordinary here well no it's it's pretty standard to what we've seen before which is they sort of start the camera rolling before they actually start the interview and there's a bit of fluffing around that always happens but what is different here is though he asked for a drink of water there is no food or drink in this interview room now we have seen like is israel keys had bags of food and lots of coffees and even cigars well brian david mitchell isn't allowed any of that in this room so it, it sort of shows that there is going to be a starkness to this interview compared to the others but you know um mitchell is sitting in the corner he's doing that typical man spread that a lot of men do and he's eased down in into the chair so he sort of sat down and then sort of crumpled down like he doesn't really care he's he's just going to go for this um and but the two officers there is a bit of nerves and as we said one is um one's a salt like city sheriff and the other one is an fbi agent so a different combination these two men won't know each other all that well so they're about to go tit for tat with a brian david mitchell 
without knowing how the other one interviews. Mm. And as both officers sit on the other side of the table and ask Mitchell for his full name, straight away things get surprising. You wouldn't think it could with just a name, but it does. What's your last name? Isaiah. How do you spell Isaiah? First name? Emmanuel. <laughs> How do you spell it? I M M A N U E L. Your middle name? David. D A B I D. What's your birth name? 1053. <laughs> he says his name is Emmanuel David. <laughs> Not David. David. Isaiah. Not. Brian David Mitchell. Yeah, and well, what what this means is is to Brian David Mitchell that name doesn't exist. That that person doesn't exist. He has a biblical name. He is a servant of God, and this sort of sets us up, tells us where we're going. This is going to be a religious fervor in this whole interview, and he's going to continue on this um, train of thought throughout the entire time. And it just proves that he has almost brainwashed himself in 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 what he's done to mm. sort of create this persona that has done no harm because he's pure, quote-unquote. Yeah. Well, they then ask him for his address. What's your address? My home is heaven. That's the only address I can give you. <laughs> oh, you can see that this is going to be a very different interview. How would Agent Ross and Detective Parks be feeling after these first few answers? Well, it, it gives them that sense of feeling of where they're going to go. Uh, this interview is going to be filled with religious references. Um, he's going to deny any wrongdoing. It's going to be about God's will and what God has told him him to do. But he's actually going to get caught by this because if his actions are at God's will and taking a child is torture and rape, you know, th those two don't go together. But it's going to prove that he's not going to feel guilt for what he's done. You know, that there's no wrath for what he claims is God's work. So these two interviewers need to be ready and they need to know the Bible well enough to play him at that. Now, this is in Salt Lake City. You know, this is a, a state, uh, this is a town in a state where 90% of the residents go to church and 72% of the state is actually Mormon. So this is where it's going to go and they're going to have to know their Bible well enough to play the game. Well, the officers almost groan at his response, but there is no mincing words here and they go in quick with the crime and before he speaks... They give him his Miranda rights. Okay, well, not to be too obvious about it, but uh, we've been looking for Elizabeth Smart for some nine months, and she's with you. And we're very curious as to how that all came about. But as far as we're concerned, it's a crime. I'm going to be up front with you right off the bat. We believe you've committed a crime, and you have certain rights we have to advise you of before we can talk to you. Okay? You have the right to remain silent. You understand? Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You understand that? You have the right to have to talk to a lawyer and have him present with you while you're being questioned. Do you understand that? If you cannot afford to hire a lawyer, one will be appointed to represent you before any questioning if you wish. Do you understand that? You can decide at any time to exercise these rights and not answer any questions or make any statements. Do you understand that? Okay, 
you understand each of these rights I've just explained to you? Have your rights in mind? We talk to us and answer our questions. You know, this is the usual stuff we hear every week, but again, you've seen something in here. Yeah, well, whilst they're asking these questions and, and giving him his, his rights, he's actually turning his seat away. As soon as they said Elizabeth's name, there was almost a physical shutdown. He he turned his, his chair away from them and then sort of answered them without even looking at them. And this mm. is going to be how he shows shame throughout this interview. Ah, okay. Detective Parks then asks if Mitchell would prefer to be called Emmanuel. Do you prefer to be called Emmanuel? Yes. Okay, Emmanuel, tell us about how you came to have Elizabeth Smart with you. You have in your possession the book of Emmanuel, David Isaiah. We don't, actually. Where, where is that? It's with, it's with my things. With your property? That's right. Okay. The book of what? Emmanuel, David Isaiah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. That tells who I am and what I'm about. And right. The Lord God Almighty Lord. Through God. Through you? Yes, through me. So the officers mention Elizabeth Smart again, but Mitchell's response is about the Bible he's created. What's all that about? Well, this is the way he's actually going to justify his crimes. You know, if you write your own rule book, anything that you say and do becomes allowable because this is what you claim. This is your word from God saying, go and take a 14-year-old girl as your wife and that's okay because your commandments say that you can. So, mm. yeah, so what he's doing is saying, you need to read my Bible, which unfortunately they don't throughout, uh, during this interview. They may have needed to... Um, read that first but they obviously didn't know it even existed but having read that it may have created a different sort of in interview but I'm, I'm glad they didn't because this is going to be an amazing interview <laughs> well the, the cops don't buy it and they actually call him out and what's in that book that would cause you to have Elizabeth Smart with you well I will but how would she how did she come to be in your custody by the power of God, by the power of Almighty God. And how did God lead her to you? So he's moved his chair again to not face them. Yes, and and again, this is his his shame happening because what is what is going on is that every time they mention Elizabeth Smart, he shuts down just just that fraction, just enough for them to move on to to the next question. Well, he didn't answer them for 24 seconds. And if you want to see what that's like, you can watch this video, obviously. But Justin Trudeau, uh, the Canadian Prime Minister, recently didn't answer a question for 20 seconds and it was excruciating. Well, I mean, as a society, especially in Western culture, we are told that we need to fill the gaps, that we have to speak at all times, that there can't be gaps. I mean, on TV and on radio and things like podcasts, you can't have that gap because mm. people think, oh, it's stopped, it's broken, it's turned off. So we have learned to fill in any sort of gap. And it's something that we need to learn to move away from so that we can analyse and thought and, and, and come up with a response. Now, in an interview you know, for, for Trudeau or, or for Mitchell here, um, that silence actually speaks volumes in itself. And yes. so people would see that as you're trying to think of a response rather than having a response. But, you know, it, that works both ways because sometimes you don't want to 
answer with passion. You want to carefully construct something, but our society tells us, no, you've got to answer quickly, otherwise you're trying to cover up. Yeah, absolutely. But then Mitchell does answer. He worked with Violet Power in the Holocaust. He put on her heart that she knew that I was the Lord's true servant. So you converted her to your way of I didn't convert her to anything. The Holy Ghost converts. The Holy Spirit converts. The Holy Ghost converted her. The Spirit of God. She was converted by the Spirit of God. And why was she converted to be with him? When you read the book, you'll understand. Okay. What did you spot in there? Well, what happened is, is whilst Mitchell is talking about Elizabeth being converted by the Holy Spirit, the F- FBI agent, he actually physically pushes himself away from the table and it's actually quite aggressive. And it was enough just to startle Mitchell slightly and to, to put him off edge, but it was it was just so subtle but, but, but so obvious that, you know, you, you see that there's going to be frustration very, very quickly and they aren't going to play the where the nice guys and where your friends game. Okay. Uh, Mitchell keeps talking. Well, you have lived in what we would call the secular world, right? Yes. You did go by the name of Brian David Mitchell, did you not? To ask me what I was, who I am, is like that. To ask me if I'm someone other than who I am, Mm -hmm. you see, to place me in in a position where I am not. In other words, I've forsaken the world and all of the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm a new creature in Christ, mm-hmm. in the Lord. And it's as immaterial to ask me or to answer such a question because it, it's, it's, it's absolutely immaterial. Amanda, this sounds like Manson. It's the double speak, the sprouting of a different truth. Yeah, absolutely. And and what we would call this is the Messiah complex. You know, this is um, how they get people to be perplexed and, and enthralled by what they have to say. You know, it is like Manson or, or, say, Jim Jones, but he lacks the charisma that they have. So this is – he looks like a homeless man, and Manson did too, but he is – Lacking that, um, you know, that Jonas Zaykwai, like he's he's not, he's not going to be able to take in followers like the others could, and this is why he sort of failed. But this is his his plan. He he was planning to have all of these disciples, have all of these young girls in in his care. He wanted to be like Manson, but he just didn't have have the talent to do it. Yeah, you say je ne sais quoi, I say I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I am liking these officers. They aren't taking his BS. Okay, well, it's not immaterial to us, so please bear with us. And I understand. It's, it's, I know it's not immaterial to you because this is how you work in the world. But if you were to take as the saviour of the world who he was, he wouldn't say, I'm the son of Joseph and Mary, born in Nazareth. He would not. Mm-hmm. There's no recorded incident where he was found saying that. He would say, my father has sent me. I came to do the will of the father. But you're not Jesus no, Christ. I'm not right? Jesus Christ, but I, you are I'm, I'm his servant. You're his servant. I'm the Lord's servant. And he had called me, and he's called me out of the world. And so I have no part in the world. So I have no part in those questions or answers that you're seeking about anything other than who I am now. He hasn't mentioned Elizabeth once. 
No, and he's trying to misguide them, saying that, you know, that he's been called to God. He's not of this world. You know, what he he does is because he's a servant. Uh, God talks to him. All of this bullshit, he is trying to disassociate what he has done from the reality and from mm. what, what the officers called secular crimes. But they bring back to Elizabeth. The girl that was with you, what did you call her? Her name is Shirjasha. How do you spell that? S H E R E A R. S H E R. S H E A R. Shir. Jashub is J A J A S H U B. S H U B. Shirjasha. How old is she? She hurt once again. That that question is very relevant. How old is she? She's 18. What would we do? Believe she's 18. Because the Lord has said she's she is such. The Lord God Almighty told you that she's 18 years old. Yeah. That's a yes or no question. Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you marry Eight, But you say, you say 18. You say 18. Brian, just I'm listen. Not, I, I'm not, that's not who I am. Emmanuel, listen. Did you marry her? I didn't marry her, but she's still to me as my wife. Yeah. She's still to you as your wife? Have you had sexual intercourse with her? Those are very personal, private questions. That's a very relevant question. Did you have sex with her, yes or no? You are at, you, you, you told me I could have an attorney present. I'm my, I am my attorney. You are your own attorney? Presently, I am. Okay. Okay, presently, I am. I'm defending myself, am I not? These yes, questions can be used against me, correct? That's correct, they can be. Okay. The officers, they're not really hiding their disgust, are they? No, absolutely not. And and Ross is actually like smacking his pen on the table. He is trying to get Mitchell away from what he's he's trying to say. He's trying to interrupt that that sermon that he's going on. You know, but the officer um Parks, he is really trying to go bat for bat and he's like, you know, no how old is she? And, oh, what do you know? You think she's 18 because God told you. And it's proving that he's, he's trying to uh, construct a defence that he knows is bullshit and he knows it's weak, but he has no idea who, who he's up against and he's going to find that out pretty quickly. But he's really just trying to remain blasé, you know, I'm my own lawyer and all that sort of stuff. We've seen that a 100 times before as well. But mm. what's going to happen is that he is going to fail in his own sermons against these officers. Well, yes, because Mitchell is going to find out quickly. He is no match for these two. Well, let's just cover the basics, okay? Okay. Did you take Sherard Jeshu? Sherard Jeshu? Esther Isaiah is her name. Sherard Jeshu? Esther Isaiah. I'm sorry, Emmanuel. I just can't pronounce that. I'm just going to call her Elizabeth, okay? Sherard Jeshu? Esther Isaiah. Esther? Esther. I'll call her Esther. Did you take Esther out of her house? The Lord God delivered her to us. And how did the Lord God deliver her to you? Was that on the street somewhere? Was it at the shelter? Did the Lord God sneak into our bedroom and take her out of her room in the middle of the night and deliver her to you? I mean, this is, this is, I understand, you know, you're trying to 
this isn't making much sense to the two of us. Right. So what I was hoping is maybe you could explain it in a way that we can understand well, it. Well, you're, 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 you want answers that you can use against me. You know you do. Well, not only that, but understand and, this. And you, and you say you want to know the truth. <laughs> True, we do. Okay? But the truth will set, set you free. It will set all men free. Let me and just say, the, and, and the, when Jesus Christ was questioned, mm-hmm. his answers didn't please them either. We were very angry with him. Excuse me, you were once LDS. You consider Joseph Smith to be a true prophet of God? Joseph Smith is a true prophet of God. And he wrote the 13 Articles of Faith? Yes, he did. And what was the 13th Article of Faith? Sir? We believe in being subject to the laws of the land. Is that not what the 13th Article of Faith says? Yes, it is. Bam! Park knows his Parks knows his Book of Mormon. <laughs> Absolutely, and this actually throws Mitchell because he has no answer. He is trying to be this learned um, spiritual guide, and yet Parks knows more about the Bible and and the Book of Mormon than Mitchell does. So he has just found out now that this is going to be the start of the real interview. That he can't not stain them be... with BS. Yep, exactly. It's, it was hilarious uh, when they were talking about the truth and he, he, he went to that old cliche, the truth will set you free. Not you, mate. The truth <laughs> will not set you free. Absolutely. Uh, look, the religious rhetoric, it actually continued for about 10 minutes before the FBI agent, who is not from Utah, basically tells Mitchell to shut up about the religious doctrines and to talk in the serious matter of Elizabeth's abduction. So can we draw that conclusion that because you're a servant of the Lord... God owed you a virgin for a while? Absolutely not. You're making your own conclusions. I'm asking you if that's he asked, he asked why did her family have to suffer? And I'm telling okay, you... We're beyond that. Let me get on to another factor, okay? okay? We've been talking to this girl, and she said some really terrible things about you. And I just want to ask you some very direct questions that don't deserve answer from theology, okay? Did you take this girl out of her house at Knife Point? Yes or no? I'm not going to answer that question. And why not? I just want to know why you don't want to answer. Is your answer no question? Let me explain something to you, okay? Okay. Uh... You're not that far off, okay? We've been studying you now for a couple of weeks. You've been arrested for DUI and for some substance abuse way back in the 70s. You were arrested for burglary in San Diego last month and you gave a bad name. You were stopped by the Sandy police this afternoon and you and Wanda and Elizabeth all gave bad names, obviously in an attempt to evade the police. You were much more streetwise. You were much more streetwise than you were letting on to us now, okay? You have been around more. I'm not letting on to anything else but what I am. I think what you're doing here is you're thinking that you're going to lay some kind of insanity I'm not, I'm not, absolutely not. Whoa, that hit a nerve, talking about an insanity plea. Absolutely, and we see that he started to stutter and he, he wanted to vehemently deny that. And so this is the first time that we actually see an honest response to him and he's actually removed from his rhetoric just for that moment. He's been swinging on his chair, being very nonchalant, but being called out for being crazy, that actually hurt him and he stopped and he looked at them and said, no, I'm not. But he later does. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it, it took a couple of years for this case to actually go to trial because they believe that he wasn't competent to stand trial. 
Mm. For the next 10 minutes, the officers berate him and explain to him that he is going to prison for life and he can practice his religion there. But for now, they want to talk about the kidnapping and assault on Elizabeth Smart. Agent Ross actually gets the shits and says, I have never read the Bible. This is like grade school and I didn't listen then either. But Detective Parks plays the game and Mitchell and Parks actually go tit for tat with religious stories of prophets and miracles. Amanda, it's actually a very interesting discussion, isn't it? It takes place over some time, but we've admitted it here. Yeah, it's just it's just quite interesting because it keeps going and keeps going. But Ross is actually furious about it. He's like, you know, I had to sense it in scripture at school and, and he's a non-practicing Catholic. He actually says that. And he goes on about, you know, I didn't listen then. I'm not going to listen now. You're not going to convert me. This is not about being in church. This is about the assault on a young girl. And he, he just keeps, he kept going, kept going, kept going. So that that's why we've cut it out. But it's definitely worth listening to. But hasn't to. he lost the battle? If he's getting angry, the person getting angry, Angry loses the battle, right? Well, you'd think so, but it's actually going to work differently here. So, yes, we have seen them play, you know, I'm going to be your best buddy and everything, and they're not going to get a response from Mitchell. I can tell you that now. Sorry, spoiler alert. But it's the mm. way they actually go about it. This is how more interviews should go. This is, you know, that they shouldn't be playing up to these killers, that they should be calling them out for their BS. They should be calling them out for being horrific pedophiles. And we usually don't see that. So... Could these detectives have done something different that would have got the information out of him? No, no, absolutely not. They they knew with the first second when he gave a different name that this was going to go down this very, very familiar path. It's something that they would have seen, especially Detective Parks. He would have seen this a lot of times with religious fanatics on the street, right. you know, sprouting their own rhetorics. Okay. Well, that whole sequence of events ends with... De- Detective Parks getting the final word. In some instances, the daughters were preserved. Those were virgins. In what cities? I'm unaware of that. The Lord commanded them to go into Canaan and wipe everybody out. Yes, but there were instances where they took the daughters and sometimes the animals. And I'm asking what instance? You know what? You said you know your Old Testament. You said you know your Old Testament. So where is it? It's in there. You find it. It's in there. So you don't know. So maybe you haven't studied the Bible as much as you said you have, hey? So maybe this is all just bullshit, huh? Maybe this is all just about you know. Maybe this is all just about David Mitchell trying to get a young virgin for himself. You know. You know what? (laughs) What have they done by calling him out? Well, what they've done is is to take him down a couple of pegs. So this is someone who has a complex as being a god. He believes that what he's doing is is the word of God and that what he's doing cannot be wrong because he is a god. But if you prove that God is wrong, well, then you prove that the actual life force that that he is is trying to use as his defense is going to you know get him out of jail he really believes he's not going to have prison for this because god told him him to do this god told him that this girl was you know over the age you know like hello and so he is is trying to to play one game but they're not going to play the game because there is nothing to be had by playing that game like we saw in Israel Keys. Here's your here's your coffee. Here's your cigar. Mm. Let's play this game. Please give us something. They know they've got him. They have the victim, which helps because they have that side of the story. In most serial killer cases, obviously, we don't have the victims to tell their story except for forensically. So by having Elizabeth Smart able to speak quite well after after this ordeal, they have the whole story. But they want him to make it easier and go into into that way of saying, okay, yeah, I did that, and she's 
14. They know she, they know he's done it. There's proof and there's going to be forensic proof on Elizabeth that proves that he has done this, but they just want him to go with it. So they don't have to hope that he gives them the details because they already have them all. That's what we miss in other cases. Right. The two officers don't give up. They've rattled Mitchell now and they continue to bring up Elizabeth. I mean, we want to be able to have an explanation for them. And, I mean, you have to feel for the family in this and kind of see where they're coming from and all this thing. I mean, they have gone through hell. I have been to their house numerous occasions. Corden has talked to them on numerous occasions. And I, have, I have great compassion and love for them. Well? Because they are the parents of my... Of oh, horseshit. You took their daughter out of their house at knife point, and now you're not you're even saying, denying it. You're saying I did that? I'm saying you did God, it. You're saying I did that. I'm, I'm saying, saying that you did it. I'm telling you that the Lord God Almighty delivered her to us. Not often you hear, oh, horseshit. There's no <laughs> gently, gently here, is there? No, there isn't. And and it's going to get a lot tougher and, and a lot uglier as, as we go along because Mitchell is literally going around in circles. You know, he's not giving a lot of straight answers. He was actually about to say that they were the parents of his wife and that was going to be a good confession in there, but they actually called over the top of it, oh, horseshit. Yes. Where, yeah, so that, that was going to be a slight confession there, which – comes through but it doesn't come through it's it's still enough that they could get used in court you know but but these officers are just trying to get him to stop they're trying to break him down to to get him to talk normally and not talk in in this hyperbole the two officers do not mince words and continue with their questioning so brian excuse me emmanuel we talked to the girl okay she says it was you she said that you appeared in her bedroom on June the 4th, held a knife to her throat, took her out of the house, well, took her to a campsite, and raped her. If she's saying that, why are you asking me? Because. You want to know why? Because there's a 15-year-old girl who for the past 10 months, or 9 months, has been completely horrified. And the last thing we want to have to do is have to put her through all that pain again by constantly asking her questions and have her relive it. I used to work with kids. I worked with kids who were, that were horribly abused, sexually, physically. You I know. understand. But I don't think you do, okay? But, but you she, just ask them to relive she, that. She, Hang on a second. She, I'm, I'm talking. To relive what? She's had, she's had a glorious experience. A glorious experience. With you? Are you, are, are you, are you telling me that... For the past nine months that she's been with you, that it's been glorious? It's been our, we've been had many trials, and all of us have had many trials and tribulations. The anger is increasing. They're in shock by Mitchell's denial. Is this a smart play? Well, it is here now. These officers, as I said, haven't worked together, so they they would know each other because because this is a kidnapping case, and so the F FBI is is brought in, especially a long long term case like this. So these two officers actually don't know each other well enough to to play this one off one game. Yeah. But it's working because they're both is it? display. Well, there's no bad cop, good cop happening here. They're both going with the same anger. So when Ross increases his anger so is parks they're keeping that same level so they're putting more pressure on this is about the pressure this is about getting closer to mitchell and getting mitchell to 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 admit what he's done is wrong he's not denying he's done it but he's not admitting to to wrongdoing all right park again asks him about the question he wants to avoid elizabeth i can only answer according to what the lord god almighty puts into my heart to say and that's and that's being truthful 
That's been truthful. That he's taken us with that poor girl. He's taken us with a mighty hand throughout. Was it, was it the word God Almighty that had to tether Elizabeth in the camp to keep her from running away? Was that the Lord's idea or was that your idea? Or is that something that Christ does when he wants to take a wife? You have to tie your wife to a tether to keep her there. Is that your idea or was that the Holy Spirit's? The whole world is in bonds and chains. The bonds and chains of iniquity, great wickedness, oh, and idolatry. That's, that's the a whole tangent. world. The whole world, that, yeah. minute, the whole world. Yeah. The whole world is in the bonds and chains. <laughs> You had to think about that, didn't you? They're now just taking a piss. Well, they are because there is only so much sermon that he has because he's only been talking to two people, which is his his wife, Wanda, and Elizabeth Smart. So he doesn't have a great deal of, of, of stuff to continue talking about because it's not like Jim Jones that did this for years and years and years and so just had it on, on a loop. Mitchell only has certain amounts that would just ah. prove what he needed to do. So they're trying to push him to, to the ends of this and everything he says... They can bring it back to what's happened. Parks, knowing his 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 books and his Bible, knows what to say and what not to say. And this is why he's one of the best officers to do this. If it was two people like Ross, this wouldn't have worked. So because they've got someone who, who knows the language of, of the Bibles and, and the books, that is what works here. But Ross is coming in as pretty much an atheist because he's a non-practicing Catholic who says, I didn't listen anyway. And it's just going to go between bad cop and bad cop going at this one man who wants to just prove that, taking a 14-year-old girl is normal and natural. Mm. So Ross then moves seats. He's now closer to Mitchell. And Ross is a giant of a man, and he dwarfs Mitchell during this exchange. And you talk about wandering. You guys are wandering all over the place, trying everything and anything to, 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 to get me to say something false, to say something false. And I will only speak the truth. Only speak the truth. Do you, you take a your smart out of her house at knife point? Your, yes accusa- or no? your accusations are false. Then you did not, and you are denying now, the teaching, out of her In the house. teachings of Unibly, who's a great scholar in the church, he says that Satan will always accuse with the truth. You know what I think? I think you're getting awfully always... uncomfortable now because you keep talking over the top of this. Describe what's going on here. I heard whistling. <laughs> well, well, Ross has actually moved chairs. So, so Ross and Parks were sitting on the opposite side of the table, and whilst whilst they're both talking, Ross moves to the chair at the head of the table, and then the chair beside Mitchell, and he's whistling over the top of him to basically say, "I'm not listening to what you're saying," which means that they will sit there and go through this as long as they need to because they're in no rush. So he may as well start talking because they're not going to play it any other way now Mitchell I would say is probably close to six foot Ross is about six foot seven six foot eight he's a giant of a man like he's Ed Kemper tall and so this this young FBI agent sits down now uh, Parks is probably a 50 year old man and um, you know gray hair and everything and these two men just sort of that they get closer and closer and closer and Mitchell knows what's going on and he actually goes further back in, into the corner behind him. He's trying to make that distance that Ross is actually decreasing. Hmm. Well, it gets even uglier and they start with even harsher sentiments. The real core is you are not a prophet and you are not a servant of Jesus Christ. You are indeed Brian David Mitchell and you have done a 
terribly, terrible, terrible thing that you need to get to. You have done something awful. I'll tell you, the both of you, you talk about shame, the great shame that will be upon you both. Hey. For treat for, for for talking the way this way to the Lord's <coughs> servant. You know, hey, you're accusing, not the Lord's accusing, you know accusing what? me in this way. You are not the Lord's servant. Shame, you're not the I Lord's servant. I tell you. And I don't feel shameful in saying it. I don't have I don't have I don't feel any shame you in will. saying you're I say you will. You know what? You will reap great shame in You are not the If heaven's filled with people like you, I'd be more comfortable in hell. Your you, story is bullshit. You, you took that fifteen year old girl out of her room at knife point. You are in hell. I drove into a canyon. You raped her. You, you kept her tied up at the campsite. You traveled around the country with her for nine months, telling her her name was some bullshit sheer job Esther Isaiah crap, saying that she was your wife, sealed unto God. And then when you get caught for it, oh my God. Then all of a sudden, that she's been delivered to you by Christ. And, Christ and, 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 and then they gnashed their teeth on him, on Christ, in well, their anger and their accusation against the Lord. They gnashed their teeth on him. You are not you tire the servant me. of Jesus. You're not the servant of Jesus. You are not. Jesus' servants do not take little girls out of their house. You're a child labor. And have sex with them. Let's face it. You are Brian David Mitchell, and you are a child molester. A criminal. A criminal who has done criminal acts, who cannot pass off his story by talking about they Jesus. You, know, you are a fraud. You are, you are a fraud, sir. You're a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite and a fraud, and this is bullshit. You are not a servant of Jesus Christ, and you need to get over that. You can take that little simple smile off your face like you're some, you know, servant of the Lord bullshit and stuff it because we know the truth. The truth is that you went into her bedroom during the middle of the night, held a knife to her throat. And here's another thing Christ probably never did. I don't think he ever threatened to kill children. This is a very <laughs> different interrogation. Now, the, the real reason why this is different and why they can go in so hard is that Mitchell has no bargaining chips. He has nothing to play against them. You know, we've seen others and they're waiting for them to give up the details of where these people are or how they were abducted. Yeah, where bodies are and all that exactly. kind of stuff for some closure, yeah. Exactly, whereas he, he has nothing to offer them. They know the story. They know what's going to happen. They have all of the testimony from Elizabeth straight up. So the fact that they that they can go and call him everything they want, and, in fact, they're going to physically assault him soon. So it's going to mm. get real ugly. But Another what spoiler. This, oh, sorry. <laughs> but, but, but this is what happens is, is that without the bargaining chips, this is the way the police can do it. When you're caught red-handed, they don't have to play nicely, nicely. Mm. Well, it continues, but then something happens. Suddenly, you're then, someone. Suddenly, someone who never read the scriptures knows all about. You know what? I went to church enough times to know that I never heard any uh, sermons from my from my priest. Saying that, and then Jesus snuck into the most, bedroom at two o'clock in the morning and held most, a knife to her throat. Most, That's most, bullshit. Most churches and, and sermons and leaders seek for popularity, for power, for gain, for popularity, and to set. We're off the subject again. We're off the subject again. You're talking about the church. This, we're talking about Elizabeth. This is what the churches do. Brian, Brian, we're you're talking about power, You're talking about you. Gain popularity. We're not talking. I don't care about the church right now. I want to. I want to be able to explain. Oh wait a minute. I think we just hit a nerve there. Let's talk about lust of the flesh. The lusts of the flesh are all, all of those things that you set your hearts upon other than Jesus Christ. You know what? My heart's not upon screwing a 14-year-old girl. Me neither. I've never wanted to have sex. And I never have either, and my heart's not set on you. No, you did. My heart is not. I did not. You did. I did not. 
did I not. did not. Did not what? Do what you just said. I did not. Did you not do what? A fourteen-year-old virgin I did to not. your campsite, and you had sex with her against her will. You and Wanda showed her how to do it, and then you made her do it. What's your? And you had to tie her up at the camp. What's your accusing me of? I'm accusing you. Look at me. Look at me in the eye. I'm accusing you of being a child molester, rapist. And your accusation is false. Amanda, what is happening? Well, Parks actually stood up and slammed his fist into the desk during that. He is, like, close as, as he can from the other side of the table in Mitchell's face. Mitchell has turned towards Ross, who is sitting beside him, but he's got his eyes closed and, and his arms crossed. He is refusing to look at any of them. He's trying to talk about, you know, that this is what other churches do, that, you know, they're only out there for power and popularity. And yet here he is, and he's doing it for sex with 14-year-old girls. They're playing him on it. He is like a and the headlights he does not want to be a part of this because he has nowhere to go you know and the use of his biblical name now you know it's it's just sort of taking the piss out of him you know we're getting down to basically fire and brimstone we're we're going to hell with this guy just to get him to admit to what he's done well ross begins poking mitchell in the arm as he speaks to him to every syllable Look at me. Look at me in the eye. I'm accusing yeah. you of being a child molester, and rapist. And your accusation is false. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's the truth. Say bullshit all you want. We your are. Accusation and guess what? I can say that, and I'm not I'm not going to feel any shame over it. Like you said, I'm going to no, feel no, shame. You you're lifted up in the pride of your heart. You know what? I'm not going to feel any shame at all. But you're going to feel great shame and great sorrow. No, I don't think no. so. You know the sorrow I feel? The sorrow I the feel is for the smart family. The, great destruction the sorrow I feel is for the smart family and a 14-year-old I girl who was taken out of bed. Bullshit. I have more compassion for that family. Then prove it and tell us the truth. Don't give me this God I bullshit. More, I have more compassion bullshit. for that family. Bullshit. For, then prove it. For tell us the Jesus truth. Esther, Isaiah, the tell us the truth. I've told you nothing. Tell us the truth. No, you haven't. You, know, you haven't told us anything. If you want to show compassion so for that family, this, what then you can explain lead? it. This, this is me telling you that I think you're full of shit. Yeah. And, yeah. And what's that going to do? You know what I think? You know what I think? You're full of shit, Brian. Listen, hear me out. You know what Jesus said about little children? He said that it is better for a man to tie a millstone around his neck and jump in the lake and drown himself. And that's why rather than very, harm one hair on your And that's why head. I feel so sorry for all of you that are doing no. this to Shirjeshim Esther. No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what this we do is here. What you're doing to her. What you're do. What you're. What you're doing to her. I really struck is, a nerve there, didn't I? What you're yeah. doing to her. What you're doing that was right out of the Bible. You have harmed. You have harmed a girl. You have harmed a child. You're, you have gone against Jesus what? Christ's written orders. You're harming her. No. 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 We didn't have sex. Her family. You took a girl and you harmed her. I saw her. I saw her. Direct her direct what? contradiction to scripture. I don't doubt what she was crying. Puck's Bible knowledge is superior to Mitchell's and it hurts him, doesn't it? Yeah, and so does the poking by Ross. Like, Ross is poking <laughs> the whole time. There's the, the physical and mental exact, hurt. Exactly. And th- this is what's going on because they're both going at him at once and so he's not looking at either of them. He's talking with his eyes closed, as I said, and pa- and Ross is actually poking him so much. Like It is assault. He's assaulting him. But it's more about trying to wake him up and they can get away with that because it's not harming him. It's just, But it, it is a tact of intimidation. Like, they're, they're definitely getting close and you know as we heard parks is actually bashing his fists on on the table and mitchell 
thinks that he is God's gift to everything, obviously, but he doesn't know the Bible as well as he, he believes he does. So he's being brought down a peg or two and, you know, Mitchell is just waiting for that moment to sort of get on top of them. But this this rage is more disgust than it is losing control. Both of these officers mm. know what they're doing. They know that it's more about loud talking than it is about anger like that they are frustrated more than anything but as i said with mitchell not having a bargaining chip they can go as hard as they want and this is what they're going to continue to do well finally mitchell slips up and boy does park spot it is she the only child that god's ever told you to have sex with your questions are immaterial it's a it's something no sense they give me an answer yes or no i never because i never said god told me to do any such thing and he never did. Oh, wait so a minute. God, God never told God you to have sex to God told you to take her as your wife. He told us that just a little while exactly. ago. Exactly. And that's all I told you. So but you decided to have sex with her. I told you. I told you. That I, was, the law. I, told you I told you that I was obedient unto the Lord God. And look at us when you talk to us. Her. Why are you shutting your eyes when you talk to us? I told you that I was obedient unto the Lord God Almighty in receiving her. Okay. And to my, and to, as my wife. Mitchell's shutting down, isn't he? Well, he is because he is being fatigued by them. So by them going relentlessly, I mean, this this interview has only actually gone for almost an hour at this point, but he can't keep up. So he's trying to talk, but they're not listening to what he's saying. And so he is losing track of what he's doing. And he slips up there by saying that, yes, he did take her as his wife. Yeah. And that means, you know, the lying down in bed together part of, of, of being a wife. That was the closest that they were going to get to a confession and they spot it. So though they're yelling in... And shouting and being in in his face, they're listening to every word right. he says. So that's that's you know like we can yell at our kids and all all of that, and everyone's done it. But you still hear what what they say because you're not yelling at them in anger, yelling at you know I'm disappointed in you kind of thing. And this is what that they're doing here. This is not about just yelling at a, a guy to let out that their frustrations. This is about getting Mitchell to break, and they're, they're just going to keep trying. Well, both officers are now in Mitchell's face. You want to talk about control? Why should Elizabeth submit to your control? Why should she leave her I never, house? I never controlled her. You never had sex with Esther, yes or no? What was your name again? Parks. 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 Question. Parks. Parks. Have sex Parks. With Elizabeth, yes or no? All I've done has been out of obedience to the Lord God Almighty. So did you have sex with her? Yes or no? According to your question, no. I did not. You did not? She I says not. that you did. Uh, I did not. Have she lied? Your, your, your question is false. I, I need to defend yourself. You, I did you, not. You did not have I, sex with Esther. Look me in the eye. I'm looking at Parks, I'm looking you in the eye, and I say to your question, no. You did not have sex I say with you, Elizabeth. I say to your question, no. Good. Now we're finally getting somewhere. It's interesting. They're finally getting somewhere because they've actually had a denial. Yeah, so, so that's an answer. So now they've got one denial. So now it proves that he's going to lie and he's under his rights. So he has now started to move away from his religious rhetoric by answering a question directly. It's not, ah. the, it's not, it's not the truth, obviously, but it, they realise that they've actually broken him, that he is fatigued, and they're both in his face because um, Parks actually moved his, his chair around the other side. So they've actually got Mitchell cornered now between the two of them and the table, so he cannot go anywhere. He is now fearful because these men are both taller than he is and and ross is a huge man and it's just amazing that he shrinks he he actually gets smaller because he's realizing that he's not going to win playing the 
Bible card that, you know, his diatribe mm. is actually getting boring and they're not listening to it. So now he has to really take some direct answer, some direct questions because he cannot keep this up because after an hour it's been too much already. Mm. Well, then he says something direct. We were giving you every opportunity I in never, the world to I never, tell us what I never, happened. I never raped anybody. So she consented to it? I never raped anybody. Did she consent to have sex I'm just you? telling you I've never raped anybody. Okay, so did she consent to have sex I'm you? telling you I've never raped anybody. You're accusing me of rape. I'm okay. telling you I've never raped anybody. Did you tie her to tether her somewhere so that she wouldn't be able to leave your campsite? I've already answered your question. No, you didn't answer that one. I've already answered your question. You didn't answer that one. Lord God Almighty put into my heart to say. Did the Lord put it into your heart to tie that girl so that she wouldn't be able to run away from you? It's a yes or no question, Brian. No, it's not a yes or no question. It is not. You're saying, you're saying, you're saying to tie her down so that she wouldn't run away from you. You're saying it's a yes or no question, but that's. What you're saying. That, that's saying a yes or no question. You know, your words are now getting into gibberish because, Brian, I think we're getting to you. We're getting to the very core of, of Brian Mitchell, who is not, who is not David Isaiah Emmanuel. You know, you're really Brian Mitchell. You know, like, this is like this is like Job. No, it's not. This like is Job. like Job. You're nothing like him. This you're is like him. this is like Job God. when his best friends and you're not my best friend. Job didn't like, kidnap like, girls. You'd like me to think. Right. Job didn't kidnap fourteen-year-old girls and have sex with right. Job. Job had his best friends come to him to convince him that he had sinned. Now, if you, when you do that, you see, you're assaulting me. You're assaulting me. He assaulted me. Now, you both physically. This is assaulting you? Yes. There's no intent. There's just intent to get you to open my eyes. No, both of those were assaults. Brian. You grabbed my chin. You know what else is assault? You know what else is assault? You put a knife to a 14-year-old girl's throat. You poked me, and he And you took a knife and held it to Elizabeth's throat and took her out of the house and raped her and kept her for nine months. You tied her down so that she couldn't run away from you. That's not an accusation. That's, that's a truth. That's fact. Your that's a fact. That's a fact. And you want to talk about me doing this you're, when you're taking your dick out and having sex with a 14-year-old girl against her consent? Your accusations are false. So she consented to it. I have only done what the Lord God Almighty commanded me to do. Lord commanded you to have sex with a 14-year-old girl? Commanded me to receive. Wow. So he's claiming he never raped anybody. Not getting any easier, is it? No, but he is getting closer to the reality of what he needs to say because you can say it's not rape because she was his wife and, you know, biblical terms that, that there can be no rape in in wedlock and all this other stuff. So this is what he's trying to say, you know, but they're literally saying, you know, and God didn't tell you to get your dick out and put it into a 14-year-old girl. They're getting crude. That they're, they're, they're mm. trying to insult him as well as assault him. And even he said there, you know, you're assaulting me because Ross is still poking all this time. And when he tried to turn his head away from them, um, Parks actually grabbed his chin and pulled him, you know, closer. So then he was right in his face. So they're really putting the pressure on for him to break and, and, and go for it and say, yeah, I did all of that, that that you're saying. But it's not going to happen. But he also knows that he can't escape until he says something. Because the crudeness of taking your dick out and raping breaks with the romantic narrative he has in his head. 100%, yeah. That's, that's true. After 10 minutes of arguing, Mitchell asks for a bathroom break. When he returns, he starts singing. Ross takes his seat inches from Mitchell. Parks takes his seat again across the table where he rocks the chair so it squeaks. 
Uh, well, we appreciate that. We can only use a little break now and then. sing it before you held a knife to a 14-year-old girl's throat? No, I no, didn't. No, I These guys. Now, it's an interesting tactic from uh, Mitchell. It's like, I'm, I'm, he, he knows he's losing this one, right? So I'm just going to sing and maybe start that insanity plea. But the way those guys... Um, bring up the facts again is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, they're doing it crudely and, you know, you would think that they're trying to go gently, gently, but this isn't about rescuing the girl because she's now safe and she's now, you know, can start healing. But what they're doing is just showing the crudeness of his acts. They're trying to show him, yeah, did you sing this before you raped her? Did you sing this before um, you held a knife to her throat? They're trying to discuss him to make him him break but because they've had this break and and during the break too they also had some photos taken but it's actually lost the momentum so Mm. as soon as Mitchell asked for that break he's actually reset and they've lost that 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 aggressiveness that they had before but you know Parks then slides his 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 chair back up he's now face to face to him again because he's going to go at him now the funny thing is is that Mitchell doesn't know all the words to this song and Parks does that Parks starts to to pick on him for not not knowing all of the verses, you know, like <laughs> you just say you're a servant of God, but you don't know this whole song. Hello. Hilarious. Parks then leaves the room and returns with an officer to take photos of Mitchell. Ross stands close to him. Ross, as you said, Amanda, is about six foot five and Mitchell is under six feet. Ross just stares him down. He comes up to Ross's shoulders. Parks then starts a new tack. Are you going to hide in your songs? I'm going to hide in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you going to hide in the hymns? Yeah, because quoting the Bible can't work anymore. We're on to it. So we got to find a way to crack this new defense mechanism. I've read the Bible, and when I've read the Bible, I remember the scriptures about little children, and how you're not to harm them. And Brian, I'm just wondering, are you going to tie a millstone around your neck and jump in a lake, like the Lord commanded that you should do? If you are a servant of the Lord, you should obey his commandments. Where is my soul? Uh, Brian, you have not obeyed the Lord's commandments. In fact, you've been 
been rather bad you've sinned against a child, Brian. God forgives sinners. God will not forgive some sins anymore. Harming children is one of the sins that will not be forgiven, Brian. I draw myself you know, this is a great mechanism that you come up with here, but it's only going to go on for yeah. so long. You need to talk to us. And honest to goodness, let's take an attack. Get we the, are here. Get, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. No. I'm get just, thee behind me, Satan. I'm not Satan, and I'm right here. I'm according to Get thee behind me, Satan. And I want a rational explanation. Get thee behind me, Satan. If you're a prophet of God, get thee behind me, Satan. You have no power. Get thee behind me, Satan. You have no power, Brian. Get thee behind me, Satan. You have no power. Get thee behind me, Satan. You do not speak for Jesus, Brian. Wow. So they've essentially told him that God commands him to kill himself before he starts with the Satan BS. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this just proves that Mitchell is done. He knows it's not going to go anywhere. He's He is now going for, for that crazy plea, you know, that it's now Satan. I mean, I think there's a sign, I think there's a scene in The Exorcist of exactly the same terminology. So it's like now he's not only quoting the scriptures, but he's quoting movies. I mean, yes, it was from the Bible, but it's just, he's just to a point that he is over with all of this and they have got anger and as I said he doesn't have a bargaining chip so whether mm. he says anything or not makes no difference because they have the full story from his his victim um, but you know that they did have to press because they have to look at things like is it possible that there is other victims that he has had previously yeah. you know and and so they do need to do this they they need to give him his his chance to, to respond to these crimes but you know as as we saw it was really going to go nowhere. Well, for the 45 minutes, Parks pretty much gives a sermon with Ross trying to keep up. <laughs> they continue to call Mitchell names like pedophile, child rapist. They even talk about pedophiles in the clergy and that him being a servant of God probably, probably suits him along with all the other pedophiles. They continue on, both with their chairs up against Mitchell's. Mitchell remains still with his eyes closed and does not answer them again. So they took a tough stance during the interrogation but couldn't break him, Amanda. No, they couldn't. So, And unfortunately, I think that that break that they took was the moment that mm. had they gone for just a little bit longer, they might have broken him. But because he was able to have a break, and we don't know if that was a half-hour break, a four-hour break, a 20-second break, mm. but it, it was enough that they lost it. And actually during this last um, th- three-quarters of an hour, um, the, the camera guy actually comes back in and starts talking and he goes, oh, the pictures are a bit dark, we have to take him again and Park said shut up and get out and like sort of tells him <laughs> to get out and so the guy sort of backs up and backs out because they were ready to go again but yet Parks just gives this sermon that basically says that um, Mitchell is a bad guy and regardless of what he is going to say they've got him and he's going to jail for the rest of his life. Yeah, well, Mitchell and his wife, Wanda Barzi, faced multiple charges, including aggravated kidnapping, aggravated sexual assault and burglary. In 2005, Mitchell was found to be mentally incompetent to face trial, but by 2010 was ruled competent to stand trial where he was found guilty and sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole. His wife, Barzi, got 15 years and was released in 2018. Mitchell, who is currently 66, will remain in prison for the rest of his life. 
Amanda, this was fascinating. I'm glad we've covered this one. Thank you for bringing it to us today. Thank you. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> it is. We will see you next week for another Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. In the meantime, take care of yourself and enjoy some Disney along the way as your true <laughs> crime family as well. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.